Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And now, coming to you live from atop the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's the one, the only, Puckle Podcast. And welcome to the 453rd episode of the Puckle Podcast. I am your host, Trainer Thatch, today with my tenacious co-host. We have the one and only fluffiest whimsicott. I do feel pretty tenacious today. Thank you, Thatch. And we have the man himself, uh, Seth Vilo. The man Hello. Who, who stole my show. I did. Hostile Takeover <laughs> Hostile was takeover complete. Was successful. <laughs> God. Uh, welcome to the Puckle Podcast, where we talk everything Pokemon from the trading card game to the video game to everything in between. I don't know what's in between anymore. Unite. Yeah, I guess Unite's definitely in between. <laughs> um, um. I guess it's not coming to the U.S. anymore. I don't know what's happening exactly anymore. I, I would any. not mind if it never saw the light. I want to play it. <laughs> of course you do. Pokemon of Legends. I mean, you've got Unite. You've got a bunch of spinoff games. Pokemon Mystery Dungeon did come out. I am still impressed by the fact that that came out this year. And then Nintendo also just fell into a year of, we're just going to remake games, I guess, because we don't have manpower. I mean, it works. To be fair, I am more excited than I should be for Pikmin 3 on Switch. Oh, yeah. The only way they could have made it better is if it was like Pikmin Collection on Switch or something like that. I would have bought that. 60 bucks, I'm done. The only reason I never went back to it on the Wii U is because I'm like, man, I don't really want to pay like the bajillion dollars for all the DLC. And mm. now they're just like, oh, it's all included. And there's a cool like story with Olimar and Louie in it, too, to explain what's going on and why Olimar and Louie are crashed. And I'm like, oh, man, that's so cool. (laughs) (laughs) Needless to say, I'm buying Pikmin 3 Deluxe on Switch. I'm also really excited because it's like proper handheld Pikmin, unlike that whatever 3DS title they pulled out of their butts a couple of years ago. But that's exciting. But this is a uh, Pokemon podcast, so I should drop the Pikmin and we should talk about Pokemon and what we've been up to in Pokemon lately. I don't have a good answer for that this week, actually. (laughs) What have you guys been up to? So, not much, because my last two gym times were pretty quiet. Mine too. By the way, I want to do, like, the uh, the thing. This is the last week to do gym badge collection. Oh mm, my gosh, true. heads is it up. Really? It is. Yes, this is the last week. You do it this week or SOL. <laughs> like, everybody always, like, tries to rush it, like, the end. And at least there hasn't been a rush, I guess, this time. No, I guess I, the opposite, which is good. Yeah, but this is the last week. So if they don't do it this week, they're, they're SOL. I, I know I am personally doing like rematches if they need rematches. Mm-hmm. Also, like I said, if you need to set up a time with a gym leader, you can just DM them and do that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I've yeah, been, Seth, I've been you never got any chat, of your badges. So. 
No, I didn't. I'm terrible this year. I've been lazy and I have I have an excuse, but it's not a good one. And it's what I've been up to in Pokemon. And that's getting super tilted in draft league. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, I'm just up against people who happen to have Pokemon that crack through my very obvious defensive core. So like the last thing the guy had, it was rotted and he had Rotom Heat and I just have absolutely nothing on my t- on my entire roster that handles that Pokemon alone. <laughs> so <laughs> it just wore me out and then Lycanroc Dusk came in and just cleaned up its mess. And oh. I like from team preview, I was dead. So it was just, <laughs> all right, let's. That I managed to last sad. 55 turns. So I'm slightly proud of ah. myself. Oh, well, it was a rotted Seth match. So I'm, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. Yeah. Exactly. I'm very surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very surprised. You guys do not have short matches at all. No. What you are saying is that the disciple has gone beyond the master. Oh, yeah. Yeah, or rather, <laughs> the the disciple packed something with a attacking stat above one hundred. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I there's, there's we need a bingo card, and the bingo card should say Whimsicott actually pronounces every English word right for the entire episode. That has never happened before. <laughs> I think. Then you don't put on the bingo card because it never <laughs> happens. Well, that makes it, it an exclusive one bingo. Day. I keep learning and learning and learning. <laughs> one day it'll happen. One day, I promise, guys. I really promise. Okay, well, this is, uh, yeah, I for me, I, I haven't done much Pokemon stuff this week. I did my gym battles, and I think that's about it. Oh, we did stream the first, like, session of training for Fire Red Nuzlocke on Twitch. Mm. There needs to be a second session because there were problems. There's going to be a second session this Tuesday, so check it out. That's, uh, what's the Tuesday, 11th? On the 11th. Yes. Come to Twitch at twitch.tv slash the Poco podcast and we're going to do some more grinding because grinding takes forever. Mm. Yeah, unfortunately, right? Mm. Unfortunately. I mean, it's part of the game. It's part of like early Pokemon games. It's like the one thing that like I don't have nostalgia for in Pokemon. (laughs) Mm. Yeah. All of the grinding you had to do. Like, I think the biggest defender of this is like heart, gold, soul, silver, just even gold and silver, red. By far. Gen 2 in general. I mean, and just in game too. Like, that's horrible. Yeah. It's just the worst. There's just no way that you're going to get through that game without grinding. And it takes forever because, especially in Johto, I think like the highest level wild Pokemon you encounter in Johto is like 25. Yeah. And you have to battle like Claire at level 40. It's stupid is what it is. It's really bad. It was because I think they were trying to make it a little bit more open world, quote unquote than previous Pokemon games, but because, like, you could go to Mahogany Town and you could theoretically take out Bryce before you took out Jasmine and Chuck. I mean, Gen 1 was 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 open world, at, too, in a way, but it wasn't as stupid as that. It was open world if you forced it to be open world. You had to try. Because, mm-hmm. like, you can get through that game and I think you can, like, get, like, up to Cerulean City and then you can just start skipping gym badges. Yeah. I think you can skip all the way to uh, Koga or something. Yeah, you can. You can. It's really, really, really stupid. You can just go all the way to Koga and then you get Blaine and then you can go back and get everybody else. It's really crazy. I think if you look at the badges in the badge case, Koga does come before Sabrina. He does. He does. Yeah. No, no. Sabrina's sixth. You, you need Koga to get Surf so they can go to Blaine. And But you can, like, you can get Blaine as your fourth badge. Yeah, you can skip Erica. You can you skip yeah. Erica. You can skip Surge. You can skip. You can skip a ton of people. And I, don't, I don't know that if you can skip Surge. You can skip Surge if you oh. get cut traded to you. 
Oh, oh, yeah. Well, but I, I mean, in a normal playthrough without. Yes, that's the way you would do it. Like you could, you could skip mm-mm, surge, mm-mm. but you just got cut on a Pokemon because they make it so that you have to get cut to get to surge, which I think is dumb. What they should have done is made surge like that badge, the badge that you needed to learn cut. Yeah. To use cut outside of battle, that's what they should have done, in my humble yeah. opinion. They like try to railroad you, but they don't try hard enough. To be fair, <laughs> you can also soft lock yourself in Pokemon Red and Blue. You can you yes. can soft lock yourself in uh, Fuchsia City when you can't get into the Safari the Zone. Safari if you don't, zone have, if you don't have any money. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You can definitely soft lock yourself there. They did fix it in yellow. You can soft lock yourself there. Yeah. Red and blue are not masterpieces by any stretch of the imagination. They are in a way, but they're really not polished. <laughs> I would say that they're masterpieces for what they accomplished at the time. Mm-mm, exactly. Their concept is really good, but I, I would say later Pokemon games have definitely improved upon those. It's like the Beatles. They were completely revolutionary at the time, but now they're kind of bland compared to some other things that came out. I take semi-offense at that, but that's... <laughs> I know you do. I know I take, you do. I take We've talked about this that. before, but that that is my very strong opinion. Unlike Queen, Queen is always good. To be fair, the Beatles, this is a sidestep from Pokemon, the Beatles are like a phenomenon that will never be repeated ever again in the history Absolutely. Of the world because the internet exists now. Like, the internet ruined anybody from becoming the Beatles. The Beatles did so well because they had, like, a bunch of really good songs from 1962 to 1964 that they wrote. And then 1964, they came to the U.S. and they're like, hey, you probably never heard these and put them all on the same album. (laughs) (laughs) And that's Meet the Beatles. You end up uh, just having like all of the their greatest hit. It's the greatest hits album before greatest hits albums existed. Exactly. Wow. They held like something stupid, like seven spots in like the top ten chart or something at one point. Mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. Somebody's gonna like yell at me at some point in like the YouTube comments or in an email. Like the Beatles did not do that. I'm sure I'm exaggerating. I called them relatively bland. That's way worse than someone not knowing exactly how many of the top 10 spots. Of I don't know as much about the Beatles as I know about the Beach Boys. All of my Beatles of knowledge, course. all of my Beatles knowledge comes from my Beach Boys knowledge. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Like, no joke. They were intimately in- involved with each other because they went kind of back and forth in a way. They went back and forth, but like it wasn't it wasn't in such a way that like, they were directly talking with each other about it. Mm, exactly pet sounds came out in 1965 and that's the reason the beatles were just like man we gotta do sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band yeah and then sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band came out and then brian wilson was like man i need to write something better and then he tried to write an album called smile that never came out <laughs> but uh one of the songs that like was a fruit of that was uh good vibrations and so, like that came out which is probably one of the best beach boy songs to like ever be recorded yeah I also recommend, uh, before we end this segment, that you go look up Brian Wilson, <laughs> Theremin, and you watch that video on YouTube. Oh it's a my. trip. Oh, I bet. The Theremin itself is a trip. <laughs> but on that note, we are going to kick it on over to the news. Let's cue that epic music. <laughs> And welcome to the news. The news, the news, the news. Um, Okay, in the news. That was my echo effect. That was very professional, by the way. 
Uh, Nintendo did their uh, quarterly pre- or press release for their investors to talk about their sales, and so we can actually stack up the sales of Pokemon Sword and Shield compared to other Pokemon titles now. Things that aren't surprising to me, one, uh, Pokemon Let's Go Pikachu and Let's Go Eevee are still only at 12.2 million copies. I mean, I say only, it's still like, it's still really good for a video game, but... Yeah, but it's not a lot compared to where they were at one month after their moved, release. Yeah. Yes, one month after their release, they were at 10 million. So I'm just saying, like a year and a half later, maybe you'd sell more than 1.2 million copies. And I, and this is kind of oh. what um, I, I was semi-worried about with like Sword and Shield. But Sword and Shield, like they got a bump actually when the DLC was announced, it turned out. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, this is... Uh, but now Sword and Shield is at 18.22 uh, million copies sold. Um, we don't have DLC numbers. Uh, this makes Sword and Shield the third highest selling Pokemon games of all time. I am going to be completely honest. I'm unsurprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I, I'm unsurprised. And even like even me a year ago, unsurprised. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unsurprised. Because as I said from the beginning, like if Sword and Shield is not a good game, it's not going to reflect in the Sword and Shield numbers because this is the first Pokemon game that won. A lot of people have probably picked up in, since Red and Blue. Mm-mm. If you think about it, because a lot of people played it on Red and Blue and they go, man, I just want a console Pokemon game. That'd be crazy. And this is the yeah. first console Pokemon game. Not to mention, I think the I think the Switch bump is a real effect as well. Um, like mm-hmm. if you're releasing a game on the Switch, you're going to get more copies sold. It's just a really good console. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's just a really good console. It's selling games really well. I mean, a good example of this is like Breath of the Wild. Breath of the Wild sold stupid well. Um, yeah. I think it's actually still above Sword and Shield. And so Breath of the Wild sold a crazy number of to- copies. And that's just because Breath of the Wild was a game that, uh, I mean, it, it just it's a bump from the Switch. The Switch is just a good console. It, it's really doing things. Um, I still see like mixed reviews, like from people who are just like, I was excited for Switch, but then I saw this and then I played it and I was like, meh. But like, that, that's the only thing that I, that I see nowadays, but I, I'm very unsurprised and I ca- hope the DLC keeps coming out and it's really good. Yeah. We, we talked about it last week, obviously, and I'd love more DLC. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but yeah, it makes Sword and Shield the uh, third highest selling Pokemon games. And I'm, I'm, like I said, unsurprised. I, I thought 16, 16 million was probably reasonable to expect because you're going to get a swish bump. And uh, I was only 2 million off. So <laughs> uh, I was like, I mean, this is kind of a trend we've been seeing for a while as well. Um, just from like console to console since uh, we get, so like you had, you had like Pokemon fad high days, like in the Game Boy Color, obviously, where we saw like crazy red and blue sales numbers and crazy gold and silver sales numbers. Mm-hmm. And then you see Ruby, Sapphire, Emerald, those sales numbers, like, poof, into the ground. Yeah. Emerald's, like, the second worst-selling Pokemon game. Um, Crystal's actually the worst-selling Pokemon game. Fun fact. Mm-hmm. Huh. Uh, yeah. Uh, which is, I mean, it makes sense. Crystal came out, like, an odd time. It was, like, after the Game Boy was over, and the Game Boy Advance mm. was already taken over. I see. Yeah. So that was, that was the big thing. The Game Boy Advance had already taken over for the, for the Game Boy. Uh, so, like... Crystal's in an odd place, but what happened was, uh, so like you definitely saw like a decrease in popularity for Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, but ever since then we've seen like, we've seen definitely a recovery from generation or I would say console generation to console generation. Um, if you look at the first game on each console after that, like the DS titles, Diamond Pearl, those outsold Ruby and Sapphire. 
by about a million copies. I believe they're at around there's 17 point something million. Um, and then you also had, uh, then your, uh, 3DS titles. Uh, well, I guess maybe the 3DS titles didn't beat them out. Uh, cause I think X and Y is at like six and a half million. Uh, X and Y is like 16 and a half. And, but Sun and Moon is also 16 and something. It's a, it's a little under X and Y. It's a little under X and Y. It's just under because the 3DS again is also a really good console. Uh, I I also think Sun and Moon were aided by the Pokemon Go hype as well. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Oh true. Uh, I think that's something to I think that's something to keep in mind as well as Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire because like Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire numbers are crazy for a remake. By the way, at like fourteen million or something like that. Um, they were like crazy high because uh, that w- those were the most current games at the time of pokemon go so those gotta bump themselves so i i just want to i want that to be all like it's very hard to analyze this data without taking every caveat into account yeah true but i i do think i I think sword and shield definitely got like the switch bump and i think a lot of people stopped buying handhelds after red and blue picked up sword and shield because uh, typically the handheld market is like seen as more kid kitty or whatever which i think is stupid yeah, yeah, you don't often see like college students going around with a 3DS, but you will see college students going around with a Switch. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yep. exactly. And so that's uh, that that's what I absolutely uh, that's like one of the things that like I want to drive home. I know, like I, I like the thing that I I'm gonna be like this is just for you to know, not for you to go like flame war on Twitter with. By the way, don't uh, like if if you are listening to this and you're gonna be like I'm gonna take this information and like tell people on Twitter this. Because they're claiming Sword and Shield sells very well, and that means it's a good game. I don't do that. Don't just just think about it. That's all I want you to do. <laughs> That's all. That's all. But uh, Seth, tell me tell me about uh, some other things that have been happening in the Pokemon universe. Yeah, which is kind of the most exciting news bit for me this week, just because of part of it. So pre-booking for the movie Coco has begun in Japan specifically. But with that, if you got a pre-booking ticket, you got special codes for, drumroll, Zarud and Shiny Celebi to be dropped into Sword and Shield. So those two Pokemon, mainly Zarud, because, you know, hadn't been available up until this point, is allowed now in Sword and Shield, and therefore you can ladder with it. So... It's okay. Yeah, that's what I thought. I'm like, it's it's probably nothing to like write it's home about. Okay, at best. Yes. Don't uh, sleep on jungle healing. That's all I'll say. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I didn't think it was great. Um. Yeah. It, it's it, it's a rude. I don't know yeah. what people want. It's a rude. There's a new trailer though for the movie, and you can purchase tickets if you're a Japanese listener until December 24th, and the movie comes out on December 25th. Yay! The codes can be redeemed till March 31. Wow. And you can do multiple codes per one save file. So yeah. that's mm-hmm. cool. Mhm. So we'll uh I think that's going to be next week's next month's giveaway. Uh actually, uh for patrons. Yeah, you can't. It's Cherish Ball. No, we can because Never mind, I lied. We do direct trades now. Oh. We don't put things on GTS. Where have you Look been? Look at me. I've been Where have you been? I'm giving away I've a Keldeo been... right now in a Cherish Ball. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just I'm just throwing this out there for you. Oopsie doodle. All right. So uh tell us about uh other things that are happening, uh Whimsicott. I guess in Japan only as well. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> they only have I mean you you can technically I think get the the pre-booking for the thingy from here, but whatever. Yeah, but I don't know that I want to pre-book a ticket for a movie that I'm not going to go see. 
Like, I don't yeah, know. Like, it's, you're just literally, you're literally just paying for the Pokemon. Yeah, like, I don't but, even know what, how much, up, do we know how much the pre-booking is? Like, it's gotta be like no, the, almost the equivalent of like 20 bucks. I have no idea. Just give Puckle like five bucks next month. Like, that's like all of Isle of Armor. Give Puckle like <laughs> yeah. five, five bucks next month and yeah. you can get as a rude. Like, there you go. Get one, Done. Because I'm silly and I said the wrong thing. Yeah. So ignore me. There we go. Boom. So what is happening in Japan only is a Pokemon Virtual Fest on August the 12th until August the 31st. You can customize an avatar and have them go on various rides and attractions as well as carnival games. Yay. Yeah, it's it's uh it's fast in the times of COVID, I guess. Woo. Yeah, no, I heard about this. This is I I like I saw it and I thought it was like a really cool idea and I was like, "Man, I want to get in on this." And then I saw it was yeah. Japan only and I'm like, "How is the virtual oh. Pokemon land in Japan exactly. only? <laughs> Let, <Exactly>. me <laughs> Let me go. Let me go." And just use a VPN patch. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, but it's probably it's probably like all in Japanese or something. Like that's that's probably the big thing. I mean, if it's probably simple enough that I I know, you know translating I know, the page with Google is gonna help. You I know, I know, Arigato, I know Ohio, mm-hmm. and I know uh, Kauai. Okay, oh. that's that's a and 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 I know that Jolteon is thunders, and and Umbreon is not appropriate to say. Uh. Yes, All right. uh, <laughs> Let, let's just not say it, just in case. Um, so worthy of note, maybe, is that uh, until yesterday, uh, when you're hearing this, there was an event in uh, the wild area. Ooh. That had um, that had raids for Pichu, Pikachu, Raichu, and the Lola Raichu, and there's a dedicated slot for a raid that is a guaranteed shiny Pikachu. Now, that event is over now when you're listening to the show. Yes, but uh, it seems to build a pattern where something like that happens every month, just for a few days, and yeah. we usually we usually can't tell you in time because it doesn't get announced beforehand. Yeah, it just kind of randomly drops. Yeah, keep an eye on the wild area, keep an eye on Cerebee, and you might get something worthwhile to do with your raids while we wait for Crown Tundra. Yeah, I'm really disappointed by that, by the way. They were doing a really good job, I thought, with, like, Gigantamax up until the release of Isle of Armor, where it's just like, hey, go get these Gigantamax, but now we can just, like, Gigantamax aren't special anymore because of the suit. Yeah. The the other, like, doing raids is still fun. I like I like just getting together with the patrons and doing the raids and stuff like that. Mm-mm. And it's just really good for research gathering, but also just like hanging out and being like, hey, I've got this Pokemon. You want to try to catch it? Yeah, sure. Let's go battle this Pokemon. Um, things I would like to see if I were to like, if I wanted more raid stuff, like I would love more Zeraora type things. That just yeah. needs to be way more regular. I don't know. I, did, I didn't enjoy those as much because you, you needed like four people with decent Pokemon, yeah. not just four people. No, no, and, no. My, um, my favorite thing was being, I, we spent an hour trying to figure out a strategy to like beat the shiny one. Exactly. It was, it was like, great. I love that. Like, I love that. Uh, uh, I, I think that's great. I, I mean, the Mewtwo is the same way. I thought that was great. I thought, I think the Mewtwo is poorly implemented um, because mm. now that we have the Isle of Armor and we have the, uh, we have like the original wild area. One of these is better than the other, by the way. Uh, now that we have both of those i think it would be really cool to like i mean it'll suck for people who don't have dlc but 
I mean, that's like, I don't think that's that many people to be completely honest. Um, I, I think you, uh, I think you run like an event that only pops up in one of those two wild areas like that so that you can Mm. still clear out the other one. Yeah. Um, you can still clear it out on your own, but even then I still, I thought those were a blast. Like, I think those are some of the most fun you can have. I do think they should come up with a way though, like, so that if you're a solo player, you can erase those so you can reset your rates. Exactly. I, I do you, does it work that thing where you do someone else's raid online and it erases one of your beams? Yes, it does. That is very true. So that that's one way you can do it. That is one way. Well, I'm thinking about if you can play without Nintendo online. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that is a problem. Mm-hmm. That's all I was thinking. Like, play without Nintendo online. See if it's mm-hmm. possible. But uh, it is what it is. Uh, let's move on to some... Uh, oh, wait, you've got more. Oh, wait, no, never. No, you're done. Um, I'm on to Pokemon Go news because that's this segment. As part of the Ultra Unlock bonus challenge, Enigma Week is active and lasts until August 14th. Mysterious Pokemon appear more frequently, and various Mons can be hatched out of 7k eggs. I don't know what they are. LGM's available, though. He's got to add it to the game. Shiny Star you and Deoxys is in 5-star raids right now, so that's very exciting. I love remote raid passes, by the way. They make the game oh, yeah. significantly easier. I got... At, what the news doesn't say here in the document is yeah. that you can get unknowns from 2-star raids. Yes, that's And they can be shiny, exciting. too. Mm-hmm. And they're the they ones that spell, spell out Ultra. Yes, exactly. I got two today Ooh. on my couch with remote raid Ooh. passes. Nice. I, I'm probably going to put more money into Pokemon Go for remote raid passes than anything else ever. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> That's the worst thing. Um, uh, all right. But uh, let's continue. Uh, Seth. You got it. So uh, Pokemon Go, the segment. They're starting up that thing that they, I think, were testing in Australia where mm-hmm. they have a whole new gym and coin gathering system. Where you can only receive 30 coins a day from gyms, but there are various things you can do in other missions and challenges and things like that to get just 20 coins. So, if you don't have a gym near you, you're not in a drought of coins without yeah. buying anything. The problem is, you, you kind of are. Uh, because one of the one of the things for that, uh, unless they change it by the time we get it, is you have to win a raid. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I can win a raid from my couch. I can't drop a yeah. But if you don't have a gym by you, if you don't have a gym by you, yeah. But yeah. We're, I mean, it's still about social distancing and staying home. So yeah, yeah, it's still in testing too. So they may change it when it finally gets fully implemented. But it's it's spreading outside yeah. of the first country. So yeah, that's all. Yay! Mm. All right, uh, finish us off, Whimsicott. Okay, due to server issues, server issues in Pokemon Go. When does that ever what? happen? Never. Um, <laughs> for uh, Pokemon Go Fest ticket holders, there's going to be a makeup event on August the 16th, which is the Sunday, and 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. local time, where you're gonna get the rotating habitats of Fire, Water, and Friendship for each of those three hours. Ah, my favorite starter types. Yeah, well, those are the well. The, that's because it's like well, a three-hour block that they messed up. Because what happened was uh, during GoFest there was a huge issue during the first friendship hour, at mm-hmm. least in EDT, where like their servers crashed because so many people were sending gifts. Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, Seth, you joke, but Bulbasaur is friend-shaped. Bulbasaur is a friend for yeah. for a hundred percent certainty. Most of the grass types are, except that unmentionable one from Gen 2. Hey. In uh, Puckle News, 
uh, the last thing that we want to talk about. I said this during the beginning of the show, but in case you didn't hear me, I'll say it for the people in the back. <laughs> this is the final league or the final week of Summer League. If you do not finish getting badges by, I believe, this Saturday or Sunday, Sunday? Um, I think I think it's the 16th. Uh, mm-hmm. So the Sunday, if you do not get it, finish it by Sunday, you will not be able to enter the tournament at the end of the Summer League. Uh, let you know that. Uh, also, just as a friendly reminder, Etsy.com slash shop slash Puckle Podcast. You can go buy those badges even if you don't earn them. Uh, they're still there. Hmm. Um, depending on how many people buy them, we'll do this again next year. Um, so definitely keep that up. Uh, also, play mats. You should buy them. Yeah. You should buy those. All right. But on that note, we are going to kick it on over to Puckle's Pokey Quiz, where we're going to quiz your co-host on their insane Pokemon knowledge. And welcome to Puckle's Pokey Quiz, the part of the show where we quiz your co-host on their insane Pokemon knowledge. Today, Whimsicott and Seth are going to be operating as a team to get possibly up to eight points uh, of Pokemon trivia. There's new rules, guys. We're spicing oh, yeah. it up. We're spicing <laughs> it up. It's, it's a very boring rule, but it exists. Um, <laughs> it's a very boring rule, but it exists. All right, but... Today, they're going to be operating a team to answer five Pokemon-themed trivia questions that people from the Discord sent to us. So you can go check out our Discord and drop trivia for these guys to answer, see if you can stump the co-host. Um, thanks to Liger for compiling the list this week. Um, he is the best. Thank you. Uh, and so we are going to go ahead and do that. Each point is worth one. Uh, e- each question is worth one point, except for the two times they're not. And they have a hint that they can use uh, to attempt to help them answer a question as a lifeline. However, if they do not use that hint and they get all of the questions correct, they can cash it in for an extra point. So here we go. We are going to get to our first question, and it's going to be from... Oh, wait. This segment, as always, is brought to you by AnimeGravy.com, <laughs> your one-stop shop for anything anime-related. Um, Thatch also forgot to draw the winners for the last trivia, and it will be a month late, but we'll do it this <laughs> week, I promise. Um, uh, but you can get a $20 credit if you live in the United States and you submit a trivia question. We'll put you in a raffle and see if you can win by the time we finish Puckle's Pokey Quiz. All right. Our first question is going to be from Pixel270. Uh, and I th- actually, I don't know if I should have allowed this question, but I'll, I'll, I'll allow it now. Oh boy. Oh no. What is the only Pokemon whose English names letters are in alphabetical order? And what? I will, I will give you a hint that it is a dragon type. Okay, cool. I will give you that for free because I do not want you sitting here going through all of the Pokemon. I'm just, yeah, exactly. A dragon type helps. Okay. Okay. Pete, no. It's a dual type as well. It's a dual type yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the types is dragon. Okay. I'm going through like every dragon in my head like no, 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 nope, no, nope, no. Nope. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> uh, FLY no. K I N no. You're making good progress. <laughs> <laughs> Not Salamence. Um Gen 5 Dragons, Axu, Fracture, no. No. 
<laughs> this, this is, is really a, hard. Uh, this okay. is a weird question. Um, you tell you tell that to Liger, okay? Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of fun. Uh, not it, lie. it's a fun question. It is a fun question. Um, very fun. Okay, so, um, no. I think I'm at Gen no. Five now. Uh, no, dang. Who are you at in Gen Five, Seth? Uh, I, I'm trying to remember dragons from Gen Five. Durant, There's a lot. That's Gen Seven too, but um, Hydra. Zv- no, <laughs> obviously not Zvilus. <laughs> they know though. They know is an alphabetical D-E-I-N- order. L M N O D E I. Yeah, Dino. Dino. D E I A B C D E F G. Yeah. Is I that your final it. answer? Yep. Dino is correct. Uh, <laughs> it is Dino. It is uh, apparently the only one. It's the only one we could find. Yeah, it's the fun only fact. one. Uh, fun fact. All right. Our next question is going to be from Oof the Quagman. What is the slowest Pokemon capable of learning Electro Ball? Um. Wow, that's very specific. Pincushion comes to mind. It it learns it. I don't know. If it does, it's definitely the answer. <laughs> um. I I'm I don't thinking, know the distribution of Electro Ball well because I, it's I'm a garbage thinking move. Electro Ball. It is a garbage move. <laughs> um. But Pikachu uses it all the time. Exactly. Ooh, okay, that makes it good with its 90 speed. Oh. <laughs> so it's for sure in the Pikachu line. They can probably breed it onto something else. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that they can breed it onto a Pincurchin because they don't. I don't think they're in the same egg group. That said, I think Pincurchin has a weirdly good move pool. Mm. But that would exclude Electro Ball. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it doesn't have to be a good move. Yeah, true. Um, um, and uh, okay, so uh, other weird slow electric things like I don't oh, think the Pharaoh ooh, line ooh, gets ooh, it. Uh, Marip is very slow. Hmm. Marip is very slow. Um, and there is also a chance that it's not an electric type, like something right, like that's... I don't know, Clink, maybe, yeah. or or ooh. even. Um, they're kind of speedy, though. Uh, yeah, even um, Tynamo. Tynamo has crap. No, Tynamo has nothing. It has four <laughs> moves. That's it. None uh, of them are electric. Yeah, but it, its evolution might. I don't think it does. Right. So. Uh, like the the two things that come to mind for me are Pincurchin and like Ferroseed, mm. but I don't know because okay. they get like Thunder and Thunder Wave, but I don't think they get Electro Ball. I would I would say that. A pink urchin is more likely to get Electro Ball. Mm-hmm. It's an electric type, and it's mostly round. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I don't know. I don't know that it's worth using the hint here because even if we get a hint, we might not get it anyway. Yeah, he'll be like, "It's a pure electric type," and okay, uh, whatever. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> down exactly. So uh, I don't know. Do you want to answer pink urchin? Yeah, I'm safe with losing points on this one. Let's yeah. let's do it. Pincurchin. Pincurchin is unfortunately incorrect. The answer mm. is Yamper. Oh. Yamper has what? a base speed of 26. What? 
Yeah, um, Boltoon's got like a base speed of 121, but Yamper's 26. Yamper has a speed of 26? Have yes. you looked at its stubby little legs? Yes, um, it has a what? speed of 26, um, and from our from our flavor text that comes from Liger, he says he's doing his best. Those stubby little oh. legs can only get him so far. Maybe oh. it's more useful when he evolves into a Boltoon and gets 121 base speed. What? <laughs> oh. All right. Our next question, as always, is your uh, Pokedex question. The Pokedex question has different rules from the last time, guys. Um, you, there, I will give you one Pokedex entry, at which point you will get a few. You, you will get a chance to answer it. Um, if I think you're riding the struggle bus real hard, I'm just going to yell at you a second Pokedex entry, and you lose a point. Okay. If you can get it based on the fair. first one, you get two. Um, <laughs> I so, dig it. I like this. Uh, so there we go. You get it. You just get a chance for an extra point. That's all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. So our next question is going to be from X Hunter Homicide X. Uh, maybe we shouldn't have allowed Whoa. that name. Uh, wow. <laughs> that's a, that's a very intense name. Um, all right. It's Pokemon sword Dex entry reads a constant collector of information. This Pokemon is very smart, very strong, uh, is what it isn't. A very strong is what it isn't. Who's that Pokemon? I misread that. So I'll reread that. A constant collector of information. This Pokemon is very smart. Very strong is what it isn't. Who's that Pokemon? Very strong is what it isn't. Okay. It's very smart. Very strong is what it isn't. That's phrasing. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, Yeah. That's the way it reads in the Pokedex entry. It could be Blipbug. Or Dotler. Yes. One of those two. Uh, Dotler seems more that because doppler radar um so very smart it, are the bugs known for being very smart well the 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 doppler line is like they're all about information that's why they become psychic yeah. types and they're aliens so yeah that too i i want like those yeah i want to say it's definitely one of those two it sounds okay. familiar so if I if we were to ask for a hint here, would it just be another entry, or would it be another form of a hint? It would be it would be an entry, yes. Okay. Do I we want to try it? We've already gotten a question wrong. I I I can't think of anything else. Also, the fact that Thatch isn't shouting at us probably means we're correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You got a meta so game. Go with, do we want to go with Dotler or Blipbug? Um. I, uh, I, I like. I remember this Pokedex entry, and I don't mm-hmm. remember if I laughed more at Blipbug or Doppler. Hmm. Okay. I'm leaning Blipbug, but I'm fine with either. I'm I'm gonna go with your lean because I am blind in this, so we'll do that one. Okay, Blipbug. Blipbug is correct. That oh, is see? two points for you guys today. So you got two from that. So you guys are three for three. Um, our next question is going to be from BAM! Um, and he says, uh, this has five answers. Whoa. I, I apologize. There's five answers. I only need two. Okay. I will, once you get two, I'll call it good. Um, I'm going to give you like, I'm going to give you like one strike. If you want to guess something. Um, so Mm. what five evolutionary lines have no members that are capable of breeding? Evolutionary lines? Well, Cosmog, Cosmog is that? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is correct. That's one. Yes. 
Um, uh, Fi and Fionn? No. They're not an evolutionary line? Well, Fionn... Well, oh, well... They're not, an evolu- they're not an evolutionary line, and only yeah. Manaphy can breed, I think. Maybe Fionn can? I don't know. But either way, they're not an evolutionary line. They're just I mean, weirdly breed. related. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It's like actually the opposite of what we're looking for. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so something like that literally the opposite <laughs> evolves but doesn't breed. Um and weird genderless things. But like is this can't breed or is in the undiscovered like genderless uh, genderless things can still breed with ditto. Yeah. 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 Um so there throws a loop to this. Yeah. Okay, so uh You're at one. You're at one. So okay. we're at one. Uh okay, there, there must be I'm surprised you don't know these. I'm what? surprised you can't get one more. Oh, Silv Ally. That is right. That is correct. That is correct. Oh right. That is two points for you that guys. That's the hint that I needed, that <laughs> there, those are two points. You guys have uh you have uh the the answers are the Cosmog line, Titanol line, the Poipo line, Meltan line, oh, yeah. and Kung Fu yeah. line. Right, right. Is the Meltdown line even an evolution? I know, right? I don't know the answer to that. I'm going to be completely <laughs> honest. All right. Uh, this next question is going to be, so you guys are uh, four for four, or no, five for four. Um, so you guys can uh, get, you can get a six point here. This Ooh. question is from Polywo. What not fully evolved grass type has the highest special defense? We're going to get our hint here because we can't cash it in anyway. Uh, exactly. we have, we have a friend who really likes this Pokemon line. Um, is it uh, Credili then? Lily? Well, Lily, yeah, Lily, maybe. Yeah. It is on the Tuckle TCG mat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Sounds <laughs> like Lily. <laughs> yeah. Is there any other grass? Is Eldegoss on there anywhere? I don't no, I'm there, but Cotton special defense is crap. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think, <laughs> like. Yeah, I think that's it. Is that your answer? I think so. A lily is correct uh, with a base special defense of 87, just beating out Ferroseed at 86. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fun fact. But yes, that is that makes you guys uh, six points uh, richer today, cool. which uh, surprisingly changes up the board because um, we have a lot of people tied in a lot of different places. Okay. So let me highlight this and data format. Um, in first place, tied for first, we have P. McGee and R. Sigma with seven points. Huh. Tied for tied for third place, we have Whimsicott and Seth Vilo with six points. In a three-way tie for fifth, we have Lydia and Sublime and Basket with five points. Everybody else <laughs> has yet to get on the board. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why this is so funny, but it is. Uh, all right. Uh, we are going to take a short break, yell at you about an iTunes review, and we'll be right back with the topic. This week, our review comes from Podchaser from Hijinx. Hey, Pokemon podcast experts. This little community has a lot to do and a lot going for it. Check it out if you can. Well, thank you for that. And if you have anything else that you would like to go ahead and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on, we would really appreciate it. And we'll probably read it on the show. So, thanks, guys. We are now going to kick it on over to the topic. And welcome to the topic. Our topic today is what makes a Pokemon special? 
Uh, and this is brought on by the fact that we were always disappointed by Zarud. That was like the epitome of messing up mythical Pokemon. Like at least Volcanion yeah. was cool, right? Like Volcanion, Magirna still cool, like a cool design. I don't have a good feeling about Grass Monkey. No. Or Grass Dark enough- Monkey. I forgot he's, we- that he's a dark monkey? type. We had enough Grass Monkeys already. I know, right? It's like, hey, we made this Grass Monkey. And then on top of that, I think the most glaring problem that I have with Zarud is that in its next entry that we got from pokemon.com it says they exist in packs yeah and it's just like why is this a mythical pokemon yeah mm-hmm. there's obviously a lot of them like shaman was cool if we go through like all of the pokemon like especially gen 5 onwards i would say every mythical pokemon that's not victini gen 5 onwards has been very much so just to sell a movie mm. yeah i think that's one of the more disappointing things that has happened in recent pokemon yeah, and there's also another layer to this. It's like, if you consider individual Pokemon, this distribution also comes with a shiny Celebi, which previously was one of honestly. the hardest shinies to get. It's not that hard, it turns out. So I believe, don't quote me on this, but I'll, I'll look this up while you guys talk and say words, but I believe catching shiny Celebi in the Virtual Console Crystal is increased odds. Oh, really? I believe so. I believe it's like one out of 10 chance or something like that. No, there's no way it's one out of 10 chances. It's way high. I looked into it because I'm like, is it worth doing it? And then I looked into it. I'm like, it might be worth doing it. Yeah, it is when it was first possible, I believe, legitimately. Yeah. I think I've seen people software that like 4,000 times for it. I don't know when the shiny value is set. They did get it after 4,000 soft resets. It was Game Boy Luke, I think. Uh, I think it's still increased. I think he's just incredibly unlucky. It might be like two or three times the normal rate. Yeah. It's definitely not like a friend safari Pokemon or anything, probably. I think it's easier. I don't know. I'm going to look at it. I'm going to look into it. Mm-hmm. That kind of leads into a thought, though. Like, does shininess do do matter to you guys for making something special? Absolutely not. It does to me because I, I only consider legit shinies. Yeah. That's fair. If it's a shiny, but it's hacked, it doesn't mean anything to me. But if it's a shiny I like hatched or caught in the wild, it means a lot. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of that just has to do with our perception of like nostalgia. Mm. I don't know about nostalgia. Not really I nostalgia, but like, like experience. Effort put into it. I'm going to like circle back and like rewind. I'm going to take us back to the year 1999 mm-hmm. and be like Mew. Mew is like really cool. Yeah. Everybody's like, Mew is really, that that's the new hotness, you know? The Will Ferrell meme at the time would have been like, oh, Mew's so hot right now. Even today, like, part of the legacy of Mew is still, like, the truck and the playground rumors. Yeah. I think it's part of the Pokemon in the zeitgeist as well. I would even agree with that to Celebi to an extent. I think Celebi's, like, a really cool Pokemon because it had, like, a Mew treatment, not as, like, intentionally funny as Mew. There's, like, there's a reason I only own the first three plushies from GameStop's collection of mythicals they did on the 20th anniversary. <laughs> it's because those three feel special to me the ones after that do not i would agree with that with jirachi honestly the point where they started going like more than one mythical per gen i think they kind of lost their value a little bit yeah Mm. go on seth tell me tell me tell me how you disagree i like how in gen 4 specifically gen 4 I, i think is an exception but i mean like that's from gen 3 on yeah but gen 5 on even that has a little bit of cool stuff to them a little bit. Gen 5, they made cool because they let you play with Victini through your game as you were going through that the That was the coolest time. part. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Victini, like I said, Victini 
coolest mythical like out of them all Mm-mm. yeah it's a really cool event you can go through the game it kind of counts for a nuzlocke on top of that yeah yeah because it's in its own location it's really cool victini is mwah, like that's that's beautiful i wish all yeah. mythicals were like that the gen 4 mythicals were cool in themselves one because i think seth and i are in the same age bracket i know for a fact for me at least like the gen 4 legendaries like first of all that's like when puckle existed mm-hmm. yeah obviously when thatch was like super into pokemon this was like when i could drive and i could actually go get those mythicals and the distribution wasn't stupid mm-hmm. yeah that was the first time like distribution wasn't stupid for these distribution only mythicals i believe Gen 4 was the first time where, like, you could just, like, walk into a GameStop and download it and get out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Couldn't do that with Deoxys. Jirachi was cool because it was like, oh, you know how we couldn't get these mythicals before? But now you get, like, the GameCube Coliseum bonus disc. You can actually disc. go get them. Yeah. Mm-mm. That's a cool thing to have is the Coliseum bonus disc. Though the Japanese one is way cooler because it's Celebi. Yeah. <laughs> I've thought about getting a Japanese GameCube just to get the Celebi. <laughs> Because <laughs> mm-hmm. GameCube's region locked. So you have to buy a Japanese GameCube, which is about the same price as a Japanese Wii, to be fair. You get the Japanese hardware, then you have to obtain Pokemon Coliseum in Japanese. That's the next part, as well as the bonus disc. Then you have to beat Pokemon Coliseum in Japanese, but you have to beat it, and then you can get Celebi <laughs> at the end. I mean, you just keep Bulbapedia open, and you you yes, look up absolutely. the level up movesets, and you're... You're fine. Probably a great way to learn Japanese. Yeah, I'll be completely true. honest. <laughs> if people want Dash to do that on Twitch, let me know. Oh, boy. <laughs> okay, so Japanese GameCubes, not that expensive, turns out. <laughs> They're like 30 bucks. Are you Googling this right now? No, I just know this. I've already Googled it. Okay, I've done this. <laughs> I've done this. This is how you complete your Gen 3 thing decks, okay? Oh. Because that's the only way to get Celebi in Gen 3. Legitimately. Huh. Fun fact. Yeah. I was looking into other ways because, like, that's the only legit Celebi that was given out in Gen 3. Oh, yeah. I still don't have an answer about whether or not Japanese, like, Coliseum can trade with, like, American Ruby and Sapphire. I don't have an answer for that. Oh. I also don't have an answer if, like, Japanese Sapphire can trade with, like, American Sapphire. That should be able to happen. Hmm. Region Lock back in, like, the early 2000s was, like, a real thing. I'm going to see, like, I might have a used sapphire that I picked up in the Ooh. States, and my brother has an Italian GameCube. Mm. Maybe, maybe. If if I do remember correctly, and if I do own that uh, US sapphire, I might run an experiment for you. Yeah, that would be interesting, because I can't find an answer to that online. I'll be completely honest. I just don't have the answer. Nobody has the answer. Because everybody that cared about trying, like, cared about trying before, like, importing stuff was, like, a really big thing. Yeah. There's nothing on, like, the forum post about it or anything. They're just like, can it do it? And they're just like, oh, no. And that's where the forum post end. (laughs) It's like 2005. That's it. Nothing nothing else is said. (laughs) Wow. Kind of bringing back to the shiny thing. I know that I worked for, like, two months on breeding this Aegislash with the shiny variant. Mm Mm-hmm. I was so elated by the fact that I could trade that sucker up and keep it with me up until Sword and Shield. And it's in home. I can look at it on my phone. And I even could correct the one defense IV that it was bred with. But gosh darn it, I spent two months on it. So it's going (laughs) to... Yeah. 
Like shiny stuff for me is really cool if I worked at it. I think there's definitely like some emotional value to a lot of things. Like I foiled Crown Tundra last week nah. by saying like we're going to get the Hoenn mm-hmm. starters, right? 100% understand why like we're getting the Hoenn starters is like the next set of starters that they're mm-hmm. going to put in Sword and Shield. Because with transferring, like you can bring a Pokemon all the way from Ruby and Sapphire yeah. all the way to Pokemon Sword and Shield. And I know that's a big deal yeah. for a lot of people. Being able to bring your starter Pokemon from that all the way up. I will also say like I'm very hopeful because we're not getting all of the starters that there's like mm-hmm. more coming. Mm-hmm. But there's like more to come and like they're going to finish the decks because leaving out half of the starter Pokemon and all the Pokemon is no way. That's a bad idea. We'll see. I'm very willing to be wrong, but we'll see. I mean, if you work for something, I definitely agree that like if Pokemon is a story, because like Pokemon's kind of like collecting Pokemon is kind of like collecting any other kind mm-hmm. of yeah. collectible, exactly. if that makes sense. If you collect rocks, as <laughs> I guess does, like you remember the story of like a particular oh, yeah. rock that you collected, yeah. right? Like you, you're just like, oh man, I found it over here. And so like for me, like Darkrai, I still remember taking the trip with Professor Sycamore over to that particular GameStop and downloading the Darkrai. That's still in my head. Because, like, it happened over a summer. So, like, I remember being like, hey, you want to go do this today? And, like, he was like, heck yeah, let's go do it. And he and I went and did it. I remember doing that kind of stuff yeah. very vividly. Pokemon that are attached to memories are, like, the ones that definitely hold the most weight for me, at yeah. least. Right? I remember that kind of stuff. Like I said, it's like collecting anything else. If you're just like, hey, I worked really hard to get this shiny Pokemon. Yes, hard work is a factor. But it's also, like, that feeling of sudden magic like when you find your first random playthrough shiny after 20 years (laughs) yeah yeah i still only have like one time that i found one without trying and i killed it oh no it's happened to me so many times i feel bad i remember it was uh sun and moon i was like yeah let's go shiny hunt bonsai because bonsai's got a cool shiny We've got the encounter tracker up and we're trying to we're trying to find Bonsly. And we just did like a 100 percent. Uh, we found like a 100 like uh, full odds like mm. young goose. <laughs> and so we caught the young goose. And so like I try again, like this is like a year later on like Ultra mm-hmm. Sun, Ultra Moon because mm-hmm. we never did Bonsly. <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like, yeah, let's go. Let's go get Bonsly. And so we go to get Bonsly and we run into a full odds. <laughs> what the heck? I was just like, huh, cool. I have no attachment to those. Like zero attachment mm-hmm. to those Pokemon. Mm-hmm. I like I wasn't looking for them. I wasn't working for them. They're just from- there. I also run into random shinies like way more exactly. often yeah. than you like, guys do. I never had one for twenty years, and you can bet that when I stumbled, literally, like I was trying to avoid an encounter, and I stumbled onto a shiny Venipede. I was like, "Wow, <laughs> <laughs> I've been wanting this forever." Mine was a Zubat, <laughs> so um, whatever. Less exciting. I do remember one time. Because, like, when I was a kid, I used to grind, like, way more Ruby and Sapphire and Emerald than I mm. grind Pokemon now. Well, unless you watch Twitch and watch me play Fire, <laughs> it hurts my soul. Like, I remember when I was a kid, I ran into, it was in, Ever- it was in Victory Road in Gen 3, and I ran into a Shiny mm. Onyx. Wow. I didn't have any Pokeballs. No. Yeah, I know. Doesn't that hurt? Uh, to be fair, at least Shiny Onyx looks like garbage. Yeah. Yeah. But that is, that is the reason I rush through every single instance of early gameplay where you don't have Pokeballs, because I'm mm. terrified of that happening to me. <laughs> Makes sense. The individual Pokemon being special to me is mostly like, like I said, it's like if it's attached to a memory. Yeah, I mean, I think I think my most special Pokemon is the shiny Soviet Thatch, because A, it's <laughs> a freaking 6 IV shiny Charizard, which was probably the dream of every child on the playground that yes. I never was. <laughs> and also, I named it after a ninja on, a ninja joke on our podcast. 
which is just to be fair i don't know that it was would have been a dream of anybody because like uh shiny charizard has a history Mm. it didn't used to be cool really yeah charizard used to just uh in gold and silver when shinies were introduced charizard just got the same shiny palette swap as everybody else did because shiny Charizard being black isn't uh, isn't an actual palette swap. It's like one of the special ones where they actually like took the time to like make the specific shiny. Mm. When they palette swapped Charizard, he just turned purple. That would that is cool in my book. <laughs> in gold and silver, shiny Charizard is just purple. So just keep that in mind. I guess if you're just trying to hunt Ch- shiny Charizard in gold and silver for honestly, oh my God, yeah, reasons. I looked it up. Holy mackerel! That is that is grape Charizard. He's uh, he's grape Fanta right there. <laughs> Because, like, a few Pokemon got, like, special treatment of, like, hey, we're going to make your shiny the actual shiny. And that's actually what, if you look at, like, the Gen 7 shinies onwards, yeah, they actually do that for every shiny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They took the time to make the shiny sprites not palette swaps and made each Pokemon something of its own. Mm-mm. It shows. Crab Roller, I think, is my favorite shiny in Gen that's 7. That's why Soviet, that's why Charizard Y is purple. Yes. It's a cold. That's why. <gasps> yeah. It's really cool. <laughs> I guess I blew some people's minds today. Uh, shiny Charizard was not always black. Me at least. Yeah, for sure. I wow. actually like the, like the purple better. I like when the palette swaps accidentally made something cool. I'm not a big shiny guy, but like if they do something cool, like Hallooch is my favorite still. I think Hallooch is my uh, favorite shiny. Uh, Hallooch is my favorite shiny. I don't uh, care. We can have different opinions. It's subjective. I just mean uh, <laughs> you mentioned the H word. <laughs> <laughs> oh right right halucha is my fa- oh, i mean with it being as popular too you get to use it a lot so yeah i i like shiny halucha shiny halucha is my favorite shiny i think mine is well actually maybe whimsicott but also uh blossom <laughs> is a really Blossom's cute good. one i don't know that i have a favorite aegislash is really cool because it's a black sword and it, it is, is cool. a red so it implies violence mm. Aegislash was a cool Pokemon concept, like, from announcement onwards. Yeah. The the only thing that bothered me about Aegislash forever, and still does, <laughs> back when we got, like, Gen 6 announcement, everybody was like, oh, going. man. Yeah, you know exactly what this is going to be. <laughs> They're just like, oh, man, this Honedge thing is super cool. Man, it's sweet. Let's draw some fan art with people wielding Honedge and stuff like that because swords are cool. And I don't disagree because I play a lot of D&D. Uh-huh. Uh huh. How tall is Aegislash? No, it's not. No, that. no, no. It's not Aegislash. It's not that. The only entry we got pre-release of Honage, oh. like you know, TPCI always does that. It says if somebody tries to wield it, it sucks the soul out of their body. Yep. Mm-mm. And I'm just like, did nobody read this? Yep. <laughs> because nope. they obviously did not. Because Honage <laughs> is going to suck the soul out of their bodies. You got to think of it more as a soul bind like they suck it out but they put it back when you let go right right that's totally it's think of it think of it like ash greninja and ash in the anime where they're kind of soul bound where when one receives damage the other receives damage as well it's kind of like Yu-Gi-Oh, in that sense uh that's no. my justification um, <laughs> let me have this okay uh <laughs> here we go apparently this pokemon is born when a departed spirit inhabits a sword it attaches itself to people and drinks their life force. If anyone dares to grab its hilt, it wraps a blue cloth around that person's arm and drains that person's life force. Well, you see, if they dare to, not if there's a, if there's, if there's an agreement between the two parties. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, Seth. Hmm. Be like, oh man, I can't wait for that uh, cat to not maul my face off out in the alley. <laughs> but your cat wouldn't maul your. Well, no. 
<laughs> yeah. Have you met a cat? Poor example. <laughs> so Honedge is a cat. Honedge is a cat. That's what we've determined today. So since you're a cat, you're a Honedge. That explains why I like it so much. <laughs> yes, absolutely. I mean, even Honedge, like I think the shiny like for that entire line is really cool. Mm-hmm. I dislike it, but that's personal taste. I think that's one of the lines that was like specially chosen. Yeah. Like there's not a list of that, but like you can tell it's not a simple palette. Some small. of them like have really cool stories, like palace sand being black. It's because of black sand. Yeah. That's Some of them so are neat. really cool. All of Gen 7 was specifically selected. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, their shinies were selected for a reason. Like I, I still like it when it's accidental. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I love when it's accidental. Haluch is definitely not accidental. It was chosen. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't think you can get that color combination by accident. <laughs> Some of the, like, the other ones are cool. I like the not purple and pink ones. I like those. There's a lot of purple and pink ones. Yeah. <laughs> That's what makes Pokemon special, I guess. <laughs> Effort and coolness of it and all that kind of stuff. Like I think nostalgia still plays a factor because like, I, I would even argue like outside of like the first ability to be able to like, go get Gen 4 mythicals, I think Gen 4 did a much better job with even the movies. Yeah. I think the three movies for Gen 4 are all solid. I don't think they're like first three movie quality. I don't think Pokemon will ever achieve that again. Mm-hmm. If somebody was just like, would you rather watch Manaphy and the range and the sea temple or Darkrai? I would say Darkrai 100% of the time. Mm-hmm. The way I would rank my Pokemon movies is like the top three, probably 2000 Pokemon, the first movie, Pokemon, the third movie. Mm-hmm. Honestly, the power of us was really good. I'm going to put that as number four. <laughs> I still recommend you watch it if you haven't. And then like number five, like Return of Mewtwo. Uh, Return of Mewtwo is not a movie. If it is a movie, it's my number five. <laughs> if it is a movie, it's then that's where we'll leave it. One other thing I want to throw out just as a quick thing is that I don't think they've completely lost their spark in being able to make mythicals cool. I think Zarud's a hiccup. The Zarud is a hiccup, yeah, but I want to experience the Melmetal Meltan effect again. Oh, that, that was cool. Was that, that was, was the coolest thing. I like not knowing. I I do really like not knowing. I also think that um despite Urshifu and uh, Calyrex not being called mythicals. I think the way they handled them they was really very cool. akin to the old mythicals. And the mm-hmm. fact that they're not in the coding like right now, so we don't know anything about them. So that's what's kind of, it brings that unknown factor into it again. Yeah. To know the unknown. That's yeah. a song. <laughs> into the unknown. Frozen. T- it's from the Pokemon third movie soundtrack. <laughs> to know the unknown. Is it? It's from the third movie soundtrack. I, I'm trying real hard not to sing it. <laughs> Let's move on, please. All right. So this is a good place to stop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll take a short break and we'll be right back at you with the Pokemon of the episode. We'll catch you on the flip flop. <laughs> And welcome to the Pokemon of the episode. Our Pokemon of the episode this week is National Dex number 745, Lycanroc, the wolf Pokemon. The Ultra Sun entry for its dusk form reads, Bathed in the setting sun of evening, Lycanroc has undergone a special kind of evolution. An intense fighting spirit underlies its calmness. I'm still very confused and upset about how they call it the wolf Pokemon, but there are no wolves. Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, but continuing Lycanroc, we're particularly talking about the Dusk form today, so I'm only going to read off their stats because each form of Lycanroc has its own stats. Fun fact. 
but Dusk's form uh, isn't actually that terrible to get a hold of. But Dusk form has an HP of 75, like everything that's not midnight. Um, base attack of 117, which is the highest of all Lycan rocks. Base defense of 65. Base special attack of 55, or it should be because nobody cares. It's a dump stat. It's kind of like intelligence in D&D. And then we've got a special defense of 65 and a base speed of 110, which is actually really solid. Base 110 speed is nice. That's a nice speed tier. So the team we have for you today uh, with Lycanroc in it is a BSS team. And like always, it's going to be up on Wednesday. You can watch it on YouTube at youtube.com slash podcast where P. McGee and Claude9 will walk you through it and show you a few matches with it. They, I think they enjoyed this one. Uh, to be fair, they enjoy most of the teams we give them. I, I also I think the one last week with like just starters they ended up going something like four and zero with, uh, which, wow yeah I don't know how but it worked apparently I'm sad that it worked all right so let's uh, let's jump into it so this team includes a like a rock dusk form which is the most uh, basic set you could probably run on it like rock did some get some cool stuff this gen though uh, he got close combat pretty cool mm. did he wait no did he have that last gen. Seth, no. correct me. No, I didn't think so. Okay, cool. Uh, this is a Lycanroc desk form with a Focus Sash ability Tough Claws, because that's the ability you want. It's very good. And he has a hundred, uh, 225 attack, 252 speed. Uh, they did not give him the nature in this set. I am assuming they're running him uh, jolly. Mm. Mm. And he is, uh, he's got Excel Rock which is priority rock type, which is actually really cool and really good with the amount of flying types running around because of max airstream and BSS. Mm-mm-mm-mm. And then he's got stealth rock, which is there because he has four move slots and <laughs> he has a very shallow move pool. Mm-hmm. Stealth rocks do sometimes still matter in BSS. If that makes anybody feel better. Sometimes, especially with the number of flying types that are around in mm-hmm. BSS. Right. It, it does help, like with flying being such like a good type, and it, it has historically been a good type because talon flame, like talon flame spam, wouldn't have existed without flying being a good type back in Gen Six. But it, it's just one of those things. It's like it's just been rising in prevalence. Like every time they just, every time they do anything that messes with moves, flying just rate bubbles up to the top. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's nuts. But he has uh, Stealth Rock, Close Combat, and Taunt. Taunt to prevent uh, Setup Nonsense. And he's fast enough to do it before you can do Setup Nonsense. And uh, Close Combat's just really good. It's actually really nice having Close Combat on him. <laughs> he can take out Urshifu, like, real well. He, like, takes out Urshifu, like, cray-cray. <laughs> All right, the other Pokemon that is unsurprising to everybody is a Cinderace. This is the G-Max form, because why not the G-Max form? <laughs> Uh, it's better. Um, Libero, obviously, holding a life orb. Jolly Ouch. Nature, 252 attack, 252 speed. Uh, Pyro Ball, bounce, high jump, kicks and headbutt. This is a Cinderace. I don't, like, it's nothing to analyze. <laughs> this is what Cinderace doing Cinderace things. Uh, but yeah, I'll let, uh, I'll let Seth, you can talk about some more. Yeah, sure. We'll go directly from one starter into the other. We've got Rillaboom, obviously also in its G-Max form. And it's got Grassy Seed to crank up its defense, ability Grassy Surge, 4 HP, 148 attack, 172 defense, 4 special defense, 180 speed. I don't know what those are for, for but reasons. I'm sure that they will explain it. <laughs> they will yeah. explain it for reasons. Yeah. That's the Adamant answer. nature on it to give it as much oomph as possible. It's got the move set of Grassy Glide, Acrobatics, High Horsepower, and Swords Dance. Yay. 
That I mean, that's a good one. That's like I like having acrobatics there too. Mm-mm. Yeah, for like the G Max G Max necessity, um, but also for like with the grassy seed. Yeah, with the grassy seeds too. Like it's just gonna do mm-hmm. well. Yeah. And then in addition to that, we've got Porygon 2 with Eevee Alight as its item, obviously. Ability Download. Eevees are 244 HP, 180 Defense, 76 Special Attack. Again, not sure entirely what those I do, think the 76 good. Special Attack is to make sure that you do a certain KO, and I forget who it's on. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but it's a bold nature, obviously no attack IVs, with Try Attack, Ice Beam, Recover, and Trick Room. So you can really mess with speed tiers a little bit if you absolutely need to. And remember that download allows you to grab boosts if you switch into the right thing. So Yeah. Yeah. And he thick because of you like. <laughs> and he thick. And he thick. Take us home, Whimsicott. Okay. Take us home. I'm gonna take you home riding on a Rotom fan. <laughs> it's, it's not holding an air balloon, I'm very sorry to say. It is holding a citrus berry, it has a modest nature, an EV spread of 180 HP, 156 special attack, and 164 speed. It has the moves Air Slash, obviously, Rising Voltage, Dark Pulse, and Nasty Blot. A very interesting Rotom. It is Rotom Fan. Rotom Fan's not bad in a Dynamax meta. Yes. Because it can at least get the speed boost, and Electric Type is a very decent type as well like i would say like we you always have like the uh ground types also aren't as prevalent as they used to be Mm-mm-mm. in my opinion like that's why hip out on when it shows up just to like destroys teams because nobody's prepared for hip out on yeah and it, especially with its throat spray yeah what what did what don't worry about it <laughs> i i i'm what <laughs> i just sprinkled some cayenne pepper on this team of the episode <laughs> oh my goodness don't worry about it Oh my goodness! <laughs> we need to. You need to send that set to Sigma and hope they find a team. Oh, they with it. know. They're the ones that told me. Oh, oh god! No. Oh no! Oh no! Okay. Okay. Uh, last Pokemon. Last Pokemon is a Mimikyu. The ability is obviously disguise, and it's holding a key berry, uh, which is a very good item on Mimikyu, in my opinion. It has an adamant nature, and it has uh, one hundred and sixty-four HP. 212 attack, 92 defense, 4 special defense, and 36 speed. Now, I think the defensive EVs might be so that it's almost guaranteed to survive surging strikes from an adamant choice ban or shifu. Yeah, that's like number 6 in usage or something. I I ran the calcs and it pretty much goes to that. And the speed is so that you outspeed by one point uninvested neutral nature base 100s. Yeah. Huh. Mm-mm. That makes sense. That makes sense. You cannot, you cannot run a Urshifu that decided to be bulky. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Uh, I guess. Oh, right. Uh, well, if you want to play this team, this team will always be in the description, but also, or not in the description, but in the uh, Discord. You can also check out Claude Nine and uh, and P McGee, you can go check it out over on YouTube at youtube.com slash Pogo Podcast. But we are going to kick it on over to the mailbag. It's mail time. Sending your emails. You got me. 
And welcome to The Mailbag. The Mailbag is the part of the show where we read your listener emails on the show. Just email us at PucklePodcast.com and we might read it on the show. Okie dokie. So this segment, as always, is brought to you by the energy drink Green Tauros, the energy drink that gives you hooves. 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 And as always, we'll give the Green Taurus badge for remember to somebody who wrote a really nice email. Uh, so uh, last week we asked you, what do you want to see from Pokemon in 2020? Um, so we're going to go ahead and dive right into these emails. So our first one is going to be from Summer. Okay. Summer says, what's up, Buckle Crew? My name is Summer. I've been listening to your podcast for a couple of weeks now, and it's the best part of my week. I'm very glad to hear that. Thank you. I've really enjoyed getting my news here along with my favorite segment, the Poke Quiz. Now, the prompt for this week. I really am a believer of Gen 4 remakes. Or I should say, I thought they were going to happen. I personally wouldn't be surprised if we got more DLC if what you said was true, and that they realized they wouldn't get Gen 4 done in time. Or they do both. Or they do ah, both. We can only hope. <laughs> I think they could do both. I think it's reasonable. Fingers crossed. <laughs> What I would love out of it is a good way to shiny hunt. Oh, yes, please. Mm. Yeah, though. Yeah, they like took out all the good shiny hunting yeah. and stuff. Like all of it. It's all gone. Yeah. You don't care, Seth. It's fine. <laughs> I've been playing Pokemon since 2010 and started shiny hunting when Sun came out. And I'm nearing 250 unique shinies. Wow. That's a lot. Wow. Good job. My most recent being a route reset Venipede in under 500 encounters. Oh. I didn't play a lot of Sword and Shield, only because I shiny hunt mainly, and without a good method, I went back to Gen 6 and 7 and stayed there. That's very fair. <laughs> That's totally fair. I, I still think Orez has the best shiny hunting method. Mm. I still, to this day. Yeah. I, like, my favorite shiny hunting method is Pokenav. I like the Pokerator too, but Pokenav is probably objectively the best. I think it's objectively the best, yeah. 100%. If we don't get a new method, I'd be down to learn Raider, but I hope that's not the case. Anyways, thanks for your time and the smile you give me every week. Aww. See you later, friends. Aww, they're adorable. Oh, we appreciate it. Uh, all right, I guess uh, our next email this week is from Charizard Stan. All right, I got this one. Hello, Puckle Crew. I write this email from the from the cab of my beer truck waiting for the next one to show up. Beer is inelastic, so the recession means we're actually selling more than ever. Hmm. I've got three things that I absolutely want to happen in 2021 for Pokemon. The first thing is another DLC announcement. Game Freak needs to finish the decks to appease the masses. It's a no-brainer cash cow. Dedicated players will begrudgingly throw another $30 at it to be able to catch all 900 mons in one game. I definitely would. <laughs> <laughs> and let's not forget the insanely high attachment rate. I expect that would continue. Second... I would love a Diamond Pearl remake. I'm guessing everyone who wrote in said this as well. I loved the legendary hunts in the endgame. It was also the first game that had a complete living dex after thousands of hours playing Gen 3-4 XD Coliseum, so the nostalgia factor is strong with this one. Oh. Third, and less related to Pokemon, I would love for Nintendo to announce a Switch Pro. Imagine playing Zelda in 1440 and 120Hz in your hands. That part probably wouldn't oh. happen with the Switch Pro. Who knows? It would overheat so badly. Can you imagine? That, you could like, play it in winter. With where technology is, that's that's not no. No. Yeah. That's that's not happening. But <laughs> even yeah, then, Zelda Zelda doesn't actually exist in hundred and forty four 
or 1440p. Well, Breath yet. of the Wild doesn't, but maybe Breath of the Wild 2 could go there. Yeah. Uh, I'm not saying you will. I'm saying there's a new game coming out, and we don't know everything about it yet. And as he says in the remainder of his paragraph, this is definitely a pipe dream, as Nintendo, to an extent, doesn't care how much pow- how much powerful Microsoft and Sony hardware is, but we can always mm-hmm. hope. Fair. So he kind of tampers his, his dreams. I don't blame him. Yeah. I, I'm just thinking from a technology perspective, because that's, like, kind of my job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, cause I'm like the guy that helps like develop that kind of stuff. And it's just like, I don't think it's quite there to the point where like you could actually have that kind of screen in your hands and it would mm-hmm. work well. Mm. Um, like, like not outside of like thermal management and stuff, just like the power requirements required to be able to do stuff like that mm. are kind of insane. And like, it's more, it's more a limiting factor of like battery technology at the time. Yeah. I mean, than it is like thermal management yeah. i don't even have like the tiniest hands ever i my hands are relatively big for a woman but the switch is kind of heavy for me yeah i mean the battery the battery is really just the biggest thing like the battery on the switch i mean you can't you can't get like much bigger than what it is without like really expanding the size of the switch Mm-mm. And it's one of those issues like the the battery capability, the battery technology is kind of behind. I know they're working on it, like because lithium ion can only get us so far. And so like we have to change the technology. I know some people who are working on it. Uh, So, yeah. (laughs) Woo. Anyway, wrapping this up. Thanks for taking the time to read this. And as always, keep up the good work. Your friendly neighborhood Charizard stand. P.S. Thatch, cover your ears even if you're reading this. <laughs> if I cover them, if I cover them, my headphones are still there and I'll hear it though. <laughs> oh, that doesn't make a lot of sense then. I guess you're gonna have to just listen. Oh no. I would love for a generation one remake where we follow Team Rocket into Johto and completely thwart them out of existence rather than the other way around in Gen 2. It would be a fresh take on the most overdone aspect of the series. This could wait until the 30th anniversary, though, because Gen 1 remakes are getting old. I understand that the thought makes anyone sick. <laughs> I like this approach. If it was a different story in Kanto, I would absolutely be down for it. Yeah. Like, I'll chase them into Johto if the story in Kanto is different than the story in Kanto we already got. Like, if I went through if I went through Kanto and, like, Janine was there instead of Koga. Mm, yeah. Like, that's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like, show me Kanto, like, five years later, you know? Mm-hmm. That would be interesting to me, but... It is what it is. I, I won't complain. And then let us go back to the Sevi Islands. Don't. You don't, <laughs> you don't want that. You don't. Like, everybody's like, why aren't the Sevi Islands? And let's go. And it's just like, even if they were, you you don't want that. I promise. No. <laughs> I promise you don't want the Sevi Islands. <laughs> I just played through them. I can tell you, you don't want them. <laughs> All right. Uh, but thank you for that. Uh Charizard Stan. Uh, all right, this next one is from uh, K Fury. Hey, Puckle, this is K Fury here, and this is my first time emailing into the show. Well, welcome. Welcome to our humble abode. <laughs> Hopefully, I'm not too mean. I started listening to you all about a year ago, and I have since picked up listening now that I am at work. Whether it's listening to the newest episode or browsing through old ones, I'm so sorry. Ouch. <laughs> <laughs> I love hearing people discuss my favorite video games, and you guys are the best at it. Oh. Thank you. As for what I expect from 2021, I like the idea of a second DLC pack coming in the earlier middle parts of the year that would flesh out some of the missing mons not included in the Isle of Armor or Crown Tundra. If the DLC is selling as good as they say, this is a good money move for TPCI, as well as a good PR targeted at those who strongly oppose Dexit. Swish's legacy can be salvaged a little bit that way. 
I also see Diamond and Pearl remakes happening in the second half of the year, but there's a chance it could be pushed back further. While these are things I would expect to see, I would also love to see something completely new for TPCI that isn't Pokemon Unite. (laughs) Wow. Ha ha ha! Pokemon has only really shaken up the gaming world twice with the original Pokemon games and now Pokemon Go. I think that's a little biased. Only because... They they shook up the gaming world, but when they did it, like, they shook the gaming world and, like, culture hard. Yeah. More so than anything else ever did. Pokemon is <laughs> not the gaming just world. in the gaming world. Pokemon is a cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Like, that's like a worldwide phenomenon kind of thing. Like, that's that's like, the two instances you you said aren't, like, gaming world shifts. Those are, like zeitgeist exactly the number one intellectual property it's like exactly it's like saying that star wars like shook up the movie world yeah yeah and but they only did it the first time (laughs) yeah Uh, and so like that's to be fair like that's what do you mean there's six other movies (laughs) there's two other movies at the most i like all of them i'm so weird I didn't mind Force Awakens. Uh, honestly, honestly, except for Nine, I think Nine's my least favorite. And it's only because they were just like, you can, I do just like Eight as well, just because like of how meta it gets. I like that actually about it. it it's my favorite like part about it. it. Like yeah. it's an awkwardly made I movie, like it. but it says something that I like. Whereas Nine is blatantly like... Fan service? They're trying to like fix it's it? It's not even fan service. It's like... They had an idea for a movie, and the stuff happened, and several things happened, actually. And they couldn't and didn't want to do the movie that they were supposed to do. And so they scrabbled something together, and it made a huge mess that was really not enjoyable. Yes, I absolutely (laughs) agree with that. Uh, I absolutely agree with that. Let's see. Uh, Okay. I would love I would love for them to come up with a new idea that uses Pokemon in a really fun, unique way. Pokemon Conquest. Hmm done Ugh. well i never got the chance to play poke park you're not missing anything uh game featuring pokemon in many different ways like that would be a really cool oh, concept oh. thanks for everything you do puckle k fury you know what they could do like you do scribble not but with pokemon you have to use pokemon to solve puzzles like and every pokemon like, uh, come on that would be fun they've kind of done that to an extent I like, like I, I get what you're trying to say. Like you use Pokemon, they've done that in the Pokemon Ranger games, though, mm. to a lesser extent. But the gameplay like, was not like the gameplay was not about solving the puzzle with the Pokemon. The gameplay was about mm. making circles on your thingy. Instead, you have to like select the Pokemon that can actually fix the problem for you. And if it's like Scribble Knot, there are actually. Like, there's a main Pokemon that can solve that, but if you use lateral thinking, a couple of other Pokemon can actually, like, you know, that would be fun. Uh, all right. So, I think that's uh, everything. I think K-Fury gets the Green Taurus badge. I would agree with I'm that. not opposed um, to that. This week. All right, K-Fury, you get the Green Taurus badge this week. If you come to the Discord, let us know, and we will slap you a green roll. On top of that, if you want to email us next week at... Uh, at g at pucklepodcast at gmail.com let us know what makes a pokemon special to you is it because you have a good story and what pokemon are special to you i like those stories better those stories are always better yeah. the ones that like almost make you cry <laughs> yeah like, i those love are the them ones. those are the ones i'm all about that uh all right so uh with that though uh if you want to keep up with puckle throughout the week one go to discord over at discord slash gg slash whatever 
text they put after <laughs> it. It's in the show notes because we don't have enough Nitro Boost to get discord.dg slash podcast. <laughs> boost us up, boost us with Nitro. Then then yeah. we can have it. Uh, but then you can also go to uh, you can also follow us on social media, Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram and Facebook. Uh, you can also uh, check us out over on YouTube at youtube.com slash podcast. You can check us out on um, what's the other thing that we always go to uh, Twitch, twitch.tv slash the puckle podcast. I'll be there Tuesday and Thursday this week. So be sure to check that out. And then, of course, if you want even more puckly goodness in your life, um, you could do so by supporting the show. You can do that in a minute, but, uh, uh, like a lot of ways. One, you can go buy some badges over at Etsy at Etsy.com slash shop slash Puckle Podcast uh, or a TCG, Matt. I'm taking those down on the 31st, by the way. The 31st of August. Boom. Gone. That's your chance. <laughs> you missed it. I'm sorry. You have to do that now or never. And then, because that can't be a factory <laughs> that ships out things all the time. And then, of course, you could always go over to Patreon.com slash Puckle Podcast to get cool things like... uh. What what is that? We're doing giveaways right now for shiny shiny uh, three musketeers and uh, Co- and Keldeo, not shiny, just regular Keldeo. But probably is a root next month. We also have a T Public store where you can buy T shirts. Anything you buy there helps us out. Uh, you could also go ahead and go over to um, what's the other thing? Twitch. Drop us a Twitch Prime subscription. And I, I think that's it. Uh, so on that note, though, guys, we are going to uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap things up here. I have been Trainer Thatch. I have been the Fluffiest Whimsicott. And I've been Seth Milo. And here in the Lavender Town Radio Tower, it's closing time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.